Welcome, everyone, to this week's episode of Extreming Disney, the podcast focused on all things Disney+. Plus. I'm your host, Peter Eklund, and on this week's episode, we travel back to high school, to the late 90s, to talk about a movie that was a big thing for me when I was um, oh, 14 years old at this point, 10 Things I Hate About You. Um, to do this, um, we do this in honor of Valentine's Day, and so I thought I would bring two guests on. I, I don't know how I could not do this without having... My wife, Jess, here for a Valentine's Day episode. Say hey, Jess. Hi, everybody. And then I also invited a good friend of mine who I remember from when she was living in this area, loved this movie. And we had, I remember watching it um, maybe once or twice with you. Um, and yeah, it was just a great time. So I had to have her come on for this episode as my dear friend, Courtney Bird. Courtney, say hello. Hello, everybody. So, Courtney, why don't you um, tell the listeners a little bit about yourself? Um, well, my name is Courtney Bird. I live in Tennessee with my husband, Sean, and we have a little almost two-year-old named Declan. Um, used to live and work with Peter, which was definitely fun. Um, <laughs> yeah, we had a blast. Um, yeah, and you worked, we all used to work at the movie theater, and we all work at camp or we have worked at campus ambassadors yeah so man you just you just got you know you got me all the time yeah it was it was a lot (laughs) not too much though not too much no it it could have been worse (laughs) so how is how's COVID treating you guys um what's going on for you guys down there um it's been okay like things are definitely a little more lax in Tennessee than they are in New York um Sean's been working. I'm a stay-at-home mom, so, like, I don't leave my house anyway. (laughs) So not much of my day-to-day has changed. It's just made a few things a little more difficult to figure out, so. Sure. (laughs) Well, that's that's good, and obviously, like, you know, Declan is still kind of young, so. Yeah. He's... Is he is he is he fun or is he kind of is it getting frustrating? He's he's very very fun. He's got a very fun little personality, and he likes to cause mayhem wherever he goes. <laughs> um, it's very funny. <laughs> so who does he get that from? You Definitely Sean. He is one hundred percent Sean's baby. Like he's gonna be that baby throwing darts at the TV when you're trying to get people to clean up. <laughs> You know, um, we are currently working on on moving, and I can't help but think of that memory of Sean. I remember I, Courtney's husband Sean. We used to live to uh, live together as roommates, um, as well as Tyler, who's been on the podcast that listeners should know. And I remember asking Sean to help me, like you know, pack up the living room, and he stumbled upon these like sticky end um, darts, and he just started taking them and started throwing them at the TV like a ninja. And I'm just like, I come back in the room and I'm just like, Sean, what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> so easily distracted. Yep. Um, He's still like that. <laughs> that was me living with Jacqueline. She'd be like, can you just do this one thing? And I'd be like, yeah. 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 I spend um, most of my day just telling Declan to focus. I'm like, could you just for like one second focus on what we're doing? Just one second. <laughs> wow. Oh, man. I. I forgot what it's almost like when it's what it's like to be around a two year old because you know my my nephews are now older but we have Tyler and Abby's kid that we hang out a bunch with. Um, Jacob, oh my goodness, and he looks so he's not even a year old yet. <laughs> he What's looks that? so squishy. I just want to squish him. <laughs> yeah, he's awesome. He's awesome. So let's let's do this, Courtney. Do you have do you and Sean have any big um? plans for for valentine's day no we're just gonna chill at home probably play video games okay what are you guys playing uh we're playing stardew valley right now i have no idea what it's like a farming game okay yeah game totally outside of my yeah i don't know repertoire (laughs) okay okay so cool do you have any um anything for especially you're gonna try to do for sean like what has Valentine's Day continued to be a special thing for you guys, or is it kind of like just any other? Well, day? so my birthday is at the end of January, and then Sean's birthday is in March. So Valentine's Day just ends up falling in the middle of us planning big things for each other. So it just kind of becomes okay, happy Valentine's Day. 
Oh boy. Sorry. There's there's the doggo. <laughs> no, it's all good. It's all good. Oh man. So all right, all right. So Valentine's Day for us, I know we we've done a couple different special things in the years, you know. We typically like to get away at least for a night, even if it's a nearby hotel just for the night. It's a lot of fun for us. Oh, but... that's so sweet. Yeah. yeah, Jess loves a pool. I mean, who not? Especially like a hotel pool. Oh, yeah. I love a hotel and a hotel <laughs> pool. You know, that smell of like bleach and disinfectant that probably doesn't work when you walk into a hotel. Yes. Yeah, it just yeah. hits you right in the face. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> so that's that's usually what I, I try to do, something along those lines, you know. Awesome. This year we're moving at the end of the month, so not going to do it, but I did get some new canvases and an easel for Valentine's Ooh. Day. Ooh. Yeah, yes, I was very excited about it. A little early, and I, I went to the store today, and I and I picked it up, and then I was just like, do you want your Valentine's Day gift now or later? And she was having a little, she, she was having a little bit of a rough day, so she said she wanted it today. <laughs> sounds, sounds like Sean and I trying to give each other gifts. Neither of us ever wait for the holiday. I'll just like, no, but I got yeah. you this. <laughs> But when he says that I was having a rough day, really what it was, was I uh, was reading my book on my lunch break and it was sad. So I cried. Oh, I hate that. <laughs> I hate when it hits you and you're like, no, I'm in public. Yeah. So he called me and he's like, how are you? And I'm like, everyone is dead. And he's like, oh, okay. You can have your then. <laughs> so in talking about Valentine's Day, and as we are talking about a romance a rom-com something that i remember from when i was a teenager um this movie was big when i mean i was 14 so it was right at the time that i'd be watching this and being like i don't know totally for the characters in this movie and like it was just a big movie back in the day and i think it, it kind of did me bad movies like this and other movies did me bad in the sense of like growing up yeah being a teenage boy liking a girl and just thinking just because i like her you know <laughs> means i if i do a big gesture she's gonna come around and like me and you know so we, we can talk a little bit more about that courtney courtney how was high school for you uh, well i was homeschooled so uh okay. it was oh. Well, I was homeschooled slash went to this like church academy thing. So it was like me and one other person in the same age group. Um, oh, man. So your your character in this movie was the girl who lived across the street from <laughs> yeah. the sister. Just like, and I'm that girl in the background who's like oddly mad that the poster gets torn down. <laughs> like she doesn't have a name, but you're kind of like, who's that girl? What's her deal? <laughs> she likes all right stories. sure That's the story. <laughs> okay all right and um but if, if you were in high school who do you think you like would have resonated with who do you think you would have i been? feel like i would have resonated a little more either with cat or her friend who's like super obsessed with shakespeare because we all knew or were that person who was super obsessed with that one thing and it made you just a little weird <laughs> But I was also okay. really quiet okay. and like unapproachable. So, <laughs> you know what? I, I I'm gonna back you on that. I mean, from what are I you know, backing me on being unapproachable? It's real sweet. Yeah, that's so nice. No, 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 not on being unapproachable, <laughs> but being that girl, um, the Shakespeare girl. Because must we go back to your wedding yeah. day? Um, you had this theme of like a Renaissance fair kind of. Um, absolutely deal, you know and so i like the dress that she's wearing at the prom i was just like i can see that oh, yeah important. definitely for sure <laughs> all right okay so what about you jess uh i'd probably i guess be more of a cat yeah yeah i don't know i don't really feel i definitely wasn't the shakespeare girl and i definitely wasn't the poster girl and i definitely wasn't bianca mm-hmm yeah. Maybe I'm Heath Ledger. I was about to say, you're either Cat or Heath Ledger. <laughs> um, that's that's hysterical. I love that. So, um, Cordy, this was also Jess's first time watching. Oh my God, movie. really? I yeah. So I, Peter kept asking me, like, I can't believe you'd ever seen it. I thought you'd like it, and in my mind, I was like, I have seen it, and I don't like it. And I don't know what I was comparing it to. Was it She's All That? 
I don't know. Because this is like <laughs> right in the prime time. She's all that. Can't hardly wait. Remember, I made you watch Can't Hardly Wait with Jennifer. Are you Lundell? just comparing it with another, like, based off of a Shakespeare play movie? <laughs> yeah, because I really hate almost every adaptation of, like, Romeo and Juliet. Yeah. If you're trying to sell me a modern day Romeo and Juliet, they're really bad. Person, I'll tell you right now. They're really terrible. You know. <laughs> I do like the Baz Luhrmann one with Leonardo DiCaprio and Claire. Uh, all right. <laughs> but I, I'll tell you what, I love it. It's so good. It's so good. I love it so yeah. much. Great pick. Yeah, it was, we, we actually watched it twice. We watched it for fun. And then, you know, I put it on again and Lily was here. Our, our friend Lily was um, visiting us for dinner. And so we watched it again. And I was just like yeah. taking notes because the lines in this movie yeah so good this movie is so well written wonderful (laughs) and can we just talk about a young heath ledger for just a second yeah oh man let's do it let's do it i mean this is this is okay (laughs) all right calm down calm down Um, you texted me about doing this movie and that was all i could think about was a young heath ledger i was like yeah i'm here for that I tell you what, though, I was so conflicted because on one hand, he's so beautiful and his smile and it's just like, I know, but but it's like overwhelming grief over his death and just feeling like I can't really feel so happy because it's like, oh, he's gone and this the sort of tragedy surrounding them made it kind of hard for me like every time i was like oh my gosh he's so cute i would like be a little crushed yeah it is it is tragic what's that i'm saying like that's okay i mean it's it's so it's it is tragic i mean his untimely death is really sad he is such a great actor you see this in this movie i mean this is the first time i remember ever seeing him as an actor you know um because i think after this it was what first night and then um obviously the dark night um yeah the dark night and yeah so it's yeah i don't know like the only movies i've ever seen him in are this one and a knight's tale so i wonder if for me it just like really oh did i say first what yeah i meant a knight's tale if i said something you would like that one too (laughs) it's very good yeah you would just you would have you seen a knight's tale so okay I think we'll have to watch a few more um, Heath Ledger yeah. movies, but maybe not too many because I don't want to be jealous or anything. So. <laughs> the man is dead. I think you can watch Or Sean was sitting here the whole time while I'm just like, yes, Heath Ledger. We can just pop right there. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, hello, my wife. Although he was looking at him <laughs> like, oh, I see where you get the long, the liking the long hair thing, though. Okay. <laughs> I see the resemblance. It's all coming together. Now, Courtney, I, I have a sure. question for you. Um, now, you know, I po- I pose that question to you guys. Who do you who do you think I related to the most from this movie? How hurt <laughs> do you want your feelings to be? Tell them the truth. You're yeah, you're let's, let's definitely um, the nerdy tech guy that comes to show Cameron around. <laughs> I am. I thought that he was the guy. Oh wait, is that the same guy? Yes, the guy yeah. that hosted the party. Oh, oh me? that must be Nigel with the brie. That's Peter. No, that is not me. I am I am David um from Holtz in the movie, the guy from Numbers, or he's in on um, the Santa Claus playing yeah. Bernard. Um the character of Michael, the one who's like showing him around. You're yeah. right, Courtney, because like growing up when I was in high school, I was involved in other people's dramas. Like my best friend wanted to be with a girl and be like, oh, I'm gonna help you make that happen, man. Like I was always I, I felt like I was a supporting character in the story of my friends' lives as they were chasing the girl, you know. Oh that yeah. is hysterical. So you can all be sad or laugh at me. I don't know which way to take it. Oh hi, baby. <laughs> um just snuck a kiss. So I think everything's okay. I ended up with Heath Ledger again. <laughs> What? No, you ended up with the Shakespeare girl. No, you are. I'm talking about in real life. <laughs> we just said you are Wonderful or oh, oh, I mean, on the I, computer. I, ended I, up, I mean, it. that's a totally different movie. Oh, yeah. Broke that sound. 
All right, so let's let's keep going into this. Heath Ledger, yeah, he is just phenomenal. He, he so has good. the best lines. His smile, <sighs> those dimples, the hair. Mischievous, for sure. And even though, like, sure. he's being paid to date Kat, like, there is a level of, like, he doesn't make moves on her. He kind of flirts with her a little bit, but he doesn't really try to, like, push her into anything. Because I think he looks at it as like, oh no, I'm getting paid to do this. I'm not pushing this girl to do these things. Like, like I think his character is just right. really good in this movie and shows a lot of maturity. And you kind of get the sense like, oh, he has been through quite a bit. Right. He's the bad boy on the exterior, but deep down yeah. he's a softie. He's right? crippled all of us for life. And it's like, oh, we're all looking for that guy. <laughs> <laughs> And then while, hey, you found that guy. I found. <laughs> well, we're going to keep that joke going. Um, and how, how do we feel about kind of, you know, that was the main romance. You know, how do we feel about Julia Stiles in this movie, Kat? I think she's great. I think they did her dirty with the hair, though. It's just too much hair. Yes. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Hair. The brown hair. And then. And then the Bogey Lowenstein party hair was just like dead straight part, pulled down like greased, like, oh, it was so bad. So 90s, but also so bad. I have no opinion about the hair. (laughs) (laughs) I thought that I was not going to like her, and I was impressed. I liked her. She kind of grows on you throughout the movie. Like, first you're a little annoyed by her, and then you're like, Okay. <laughs> yeah, I would rather deal with her than yeah. her sister for sure. Her sister is that. I mean, I here's here's another thing that I got to say about this movie. You know, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, who we'll talk about him in a second. This is this is where the movie kind of is just messed me up growing up. Um, he sees her for the first time and then falls like madly deeply in love with her, and he's like. You know, um, my character, you know, Michael is like, oh, what do you mean? She's vapid and conceited. And he's like, how can you say that? She's wonderful. Look at her smile. And it's just like, you know, she's totally more than you think. But like he, that whole aspect of falling in love with someone you never really, you don't really know. And fall, it's just not good. It's not a good way at all. About you just fall in love with the idea of a person and it just sets you up for disappointment when they turn out to not be that person. Right. Yeah. And she's, she she's is awful. awful. She's very she's manipulative. Just... Well, she's what? She'd 15, be 15, 16 years old. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I know. <laughs> um, I, but I will say this who is better than Kat or um, Bianca is their dad. He might be really? What? I think so. He has the best lines. He has the best things going on within this. Movie. I do not agree with you. Um, you know, and his, no, no, not at you all. You don't like him? Oh my god! And I, I, mean, I have when he says, my insurance does not movie. cover PMS." I have very strong feelings about the father in this movie. he pits the girls against each other like instead of causing them to build a relationship with each other all he does is isolate them and then he furthers that separation from them by making it so that Bianca can't do anything unless Kat does it making it so that Kat who doesn't really like to socialize doesn't want to do these parties is now someone that Bianca massively resents because Bianca does want to do those things so instead of building a relationship helping his daughters to build a relationship with each other after their mom left he basically just pulled them apart from each other with Bianca like dealing with the Joey stuff and whatever on her own and tricking Kat into things because she wants this stuff but she can't talk to her sister and it leaves Kat doing her own things and whatever and being resentful of Bianca because she can't talk to her sister. Yeah, and and, and you, you know, and you see, well, we'll get we'll get back to the the father in a second because I you're absolutely right, you know, because they are so far apart. I think the the scene that made me the saddest within the movie was when Cat 
tells Bianca about what happened between her and Joey when, you know, she was in ninth grade. And then, like, she just finally, this is like the first time she's ever told anyone this. And then her sister acts like a total brat to her. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, without any kind of consideration or understanding. You know? Um, I, I, I thought that was rough. Yeah. Just, it's like, oh, you just think I will not make the same mistakes and, like, kicks her out of her bedroom after, like, your sister just probably told you one of the most hardest thing that she's ever had to go through, you know, apart yeah. from, you know, their mom leaving. So It is very know. selfish. Like, there is no doubt that Bianca is, like, the most selfish character in this movie. Right, right. And, and you know, Joseph Gordon-Levitt calls her out on that you know um the character of cameron so when they're in the car at the right after the big party though um yeah yeah so that's that's interesting but i i just have to say this about the dad he has the best lines you know whoops my insurance doesn't cover pms you know um it's a small gathering with a few people an orgy you know like has some really great lines you know making her wear the belly there's so many or no this one was also great i see i kept writing them down those darn dawson river kids getting getting into each other's beds like it's so great he's so funny i'll agree with you with most of that but i did not think the pms joke yeah i didn't think that was funny either (laughs) yeah i will say there are things with this movie like i think lines like that and certain themes with this movie being made in 1999 you couldn't do this today. You know, there, there's some definitely some issues within this movie that um, I think dates it, yeah. you know? Um, so I don't know. I mean, we can, we can talk about that some more. Um, or I, I think, I think for one, like the teachers and their relationship or the, with the students is kind of odd, you know, oh, Allison, yeah. Janie, the English teacher, the, the English coach, teacher. everything's just kind of odd. Yeah. Know? It's it's definitely a little odd, <laughs> especially the guidance counselor. Oh my gosh! I mean, when when we first meet her, you know, and Heath Ledger's character of Patrick, and you know, he was saying like, you know, is it a bratwurst that was being <laughs> used as like joking around with like the lunch? Like. You could not get away with that. No, not at all. <laughs> there, there are definitely some things in the movie that it's like, um, wouldn't it would wouldn't be done that way today? But also, like, it is a high school, and there's definitely some things that, as you're watching it, you're like, if this was a real high school, a lot of this wouldn't be happening. From like the teachers, uh, the fact that they're just smoking in the middle of gym class. Um, yeah. <laughs> some of the outfits that they're wearing like Kat spends most of her time like in a crop top <laughs> you wouldn't be allowed to walk the halls in that mm. um, yeah just various things that are like you wouldn't be able to do that <laughs> no you're right you're right um, so yeah you, you definitely have a point there for sure um, but let's who, who else do we want to talk about what do you want to bring up Courtney so I I w- so I watched this movie like four or five times this past week to oh prepare for this, yeah, um, <laughs> to make sure that I really remember this movie. And I think one of the things that's like the weirdest part parts of this movie is when they oddly throw in that Cat wants to start a band. Okay, like yeah. she says it once while drunk. Then they show a short clip of her in a guitar shop, and then he buys her a guitar at the end. But there's no like right. writing lyrics. She's part of band club. She sings to herself. Like there's no foundation for it. It's just these odd little things that they threw in to be like, look, she does a thing. <laughs> yeah, like why does she want to go to Sarah Lawrence so bad if she just wants to be in a band? Yeah, like this doesn't make any sense. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, obviously she she has a certain genre of music that she likes. You know, she likes girl bands and kind of in the indie rock 
persuasion, you know. Right. We see her at one of the concerts, but you're right. We don't see her like really talking about her dreams of being a musician or that is interesting we see a lot more buildup for her like wanting to do something with like literature and writing journalism maybe between like the literature class and thing and like in the bookstore and things like that and just like the way she talks and presents herself it's like she presents herself like someone who wants to fight for feminism like through the written word or through speech and whatever but not songs like that's so random yeah yeah for sure for sure no you're 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 absolutely right you're absolutely right and yeah they they definitely they really work you know i think and we haven't even mentioned this yet but they really work in the fact that you know she is this tough gritty character who's who's really hard to get to know and is not very friendly and obviously from the pain that she has gone through from you know her mom leaving but also the situation with joey you know has really made her into this tough as nail hard exterior girl you know obviously bringing the themes from Shakespeare with the taming of the shrew which this is um obviously uh based upon I felt like the strangest thing was and it's frustrating because I think that the best scene in the whole movie is the song right and then it's immediately followed by her breaking him out of detention and I just felt like that whole scene was so unnecessary and I get that they're trying to make her like show that she's changing and she's coming out of her shell but for somebody who spends all the movie talking about how she's a feminist and these boys and da 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 and then to flash yeah. a teacher just a teacher. Whip, whip her boobs out just like willy nilly and just take off I just I just <laughs> felt like it was so unnecessary and so out of character even for it was you know yeah. it wasn't it's not grease He's not trying to make her into a floozy. Yeah. He, he, so I just felt like it really yeah, wasn't it necessary. Definitely was very unnecessary. Like you couldn't and come I, up with another way she could have distracted him. That's that's true. I mean, yes, I, I agree. I just like, I don't know. I feel like this movie was trying to skirt the line between being a PG-13 and being a rated R film. Like, Again, around this time, we have American Pie, which was, you know, huge and took like it was one of the biggest movies of that year. But this movie was really trying to be a little bit more accessible, but it really had a lot of inappropriate stuff within it, you know, Um, though I do have to say that my favorite part in that whole scene was the teacher um, taking the pot. I am confiscating this. And then he goes to the Cheetos and this too, you know? Yeah. That was funny. I liked when he started to sit down and the, just the look on his face when he gets, he grimaces and gets up because he was shot in the butt. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. He's super creepy because we're watching that and Jess is like, man, he's really close to that student. He's like right up to her. She, you know, like back up, man. He also like doesn't break eye contact with Kat's boobs once she flashes him. Like he doesn't break eye contact. <laughs> yeah. It's it's pretty it's pretty gross. Yeah. Let's do this. Um we talked about the worst scene in the movie, I think from my opinion, Jess's opinion being the the boob flashing scene, but right before that as Jess mentioned, him singing the song from the bleachers is quite possibly the best scene. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> that was like my dream was to have someone do that to me. It was to like sing to me from bleachers forever. Really? Yeah. It's obviously based upon this whole scene. Oh yeah. 100%. Now when, when we put this, put this on and I was like, okay, we're going to see what Jess thinks about this i i know her well enough to know that she's like oh this is gonna be really cheesy and really dumb and i'm not gonna like it and then what happened babe oh i loved it yeah what what was it for you that you really loved i thought that it was gonna be a schmaltzy cheesy but i just love how it was him being mischievous and him kicking his feet even when even when they're pulling him away and he's still doing his little kicks and then he breaks free and he smacks that cop on his butt. Just, I love it. Yeah. So good. I want to know why is this why did he get put in detention though for this? 
Well, because he hijacked the PA system. Maybe. Okay. Okay, so oh. I don't, public system. I don't really know how that works, but like, yeah, he disrupted practice, hijacked the PA system. Maybe because he'd smack that guy in his butt. They were already coming after him before he <laughs> smacked him on the butt. I don't know. I just think it was a little bit cruel punishment, you know, considering, but... I don't know. He seems to be always be getting in trouble anyway. You know, he's kind of the, again, the bad boy within the story. Well, one of the interesting things about him is that everyone's like scared of him and they have all these rumors about him that he's this bad kid and he's whatever. And it's like, no, he just doesn't really feel the need to tell you about his life. And because he's a little more quiet and reserved, he's labeled as the bad kid. Right. Right. Yeah, absolutely. You're right. Um, Let's see. Is there what else should we? What else do we need to talk about within this movie? Anything else stand out to you guys that you want to talk about the nineties? <laughs> should we talk about the hideous dress that Bianca wore to the prom? Oh my gosh, it was so bad. He was just so appalled by the fact that it was the two piece, but I've seen that recently. Yeah, for prom. those are very it's, recent. Really coming nice. back, yeah. It's, it's not a dress. It's a two-piece. I was more know? offended by Kat's shirt at the end of the movie. See, I don't even remember that. It's like this weird sheer button-down short sleeve shirt with like sequins on it. But it <laughs> looks like a grandma sweater turned into a shirt. And I just hate it. It goes from like these cool kick-ass outfits with like the cargo pants and the tank tops and whatever to like they dressed her like a grandma at the end. <laughs> that is true. That is true. Yeah, I, I'm thinking about it now. There's, I mean, there's some weird '90s fashion stuff just in general. Oh yeah. You know, like '90s is not the best decade when it comes to, I don't know, music or I mean, there's some good music in this movie. I mean, there's it's, this is definitely a late '90s movie. I mean, we got Smash Mouth in there. You got the Bare Naked Ladies in there. You got a tribute to um, Cheap Trick in there and Ska. We got Ska at the prom. Like so that's what I wanted. The music is very good. <laughs> totally, totally. They're watching the real world, you know, <laughs> at one point in the movie. Oh man, I, I I do have a certain level of nostalgia for the '90s for sure, and. This movie does end, I think, on a pretty good note. I mean, he he obviously redeems the situation. He was paid by the 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 jerk, you know, Joey, to take you know Bianca, not Bianca, to take Cat out, you know, for so he could, you know, try to make good with Bianca. But he, um, you know, he gets beat up, and then Patrick or Heath Ledger ends up buying the guitar, and um, he. He, I love the line where he says, you know, and if there's always a drum set, uh, a bass guitar, and a, a tambourine. I love you know, the else tambourine. <laughs> just like, oh, maybe one day you can have a tambourine. He's, he's, the lines are so good yeah, in this he's movie. Smooth. Very smooth. I will say, I think my favorite scene in this movie is when Bianca just like beats up Joey, like just nails him. It's really good. <laughs> Very satisfying. Very satisfying because you want it the whole movie. You're just like somebody punch him in the face. Somebody. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Man. Um, so go all, ahead. I, all I can think about though is how he would press charges and then she'd go, she'd be fine. That's fine. That's my, I mean, my mind. Goes he to. probably wouldn't because she's like a 15-year-old girl and you wouldn't want people to know that he got his butt beat by a 15-year-old. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> mm-hmm. Something that bothered me was, well, I loved when they went paintballing. I thought it was so cute. So cute. But maybe it's just because I'm a six. But they took off their goggles and then they kept playing. Anyone who doesn't know what Jess means when she says she's a six, we're talking about the Enneagram. So you can look into that. Research what a six is. It's very unsafe to play paintball without your goggles. They're not playing paintball. They're playing splat ball, which is just balloons filled with paint. Paint in your eyeball, Courtney. You you only need one eye. <laughs> I will say, my best friend, when we were 
when we were in youth group, we went to uh, winter camp and he lifted up his helmet just a little bit. And he got, sh- it went right through the mask and got him right in the eye. And he was, he had to be blindfolded for about, that was like day two. So day two through seven, he had to be blindfolded for the remainder of the, the camp. Oh, that's terrible. Yeah, it's pretty funny. <laughs> it's really funny though. <laughs> Man. Um, and I just need to go back to, you know, again, probably one of my favorite characters, not the father. <laughs> But um, David Cromwell's character, Michael, these these little lines throughout the movie that just got me laughing so hard was, and it was just like a little thing. He said, is that a peach fruit roll up? Reaching over, like, I can hear myself in this character. I haven't seen that in forever, you know? Um, was there ever such a thing? I don't know. I don't know, but I, I would be the kind of guy. Yeah, you are the kind of guy. <laughs> It would be like, I know this. I haven't seen this in years. You know? Walk over to this hostile table. Just like, is that a snack? <laughs> Can I have What's it? That? Yeah, no, that was that was me in high school. That for sure. <laughs> um, and then also another great line because I just I think the writing is what stands out to me the most in this. And I think um, David Cromwell's character of Michael, um, the dad, and Heath Ledger have the best lines. And it's where Kat says, you're incredibly self-insured. Has anyone ever told you that? And he says, I tell myself that every day. <laughs> I loved that line. Just so brilliant. Just very smartly written. And it just makes you fall in love with him more. And yeah. Then I immediately feel sad. Mm, it's true. Um, we haven't talked much about Joseph Gordon-Levitt in this movie. How, how do you guys feel about him? forgettable yeah I, I have mixed feelings about cameron um one he looks like a child <laughs> he looks so young in yeah, this look- movie <laughs> yeah he looks like he's yeah <laughs> like he looks like a baby <laughs> why is he in this situation um i don't know sean and i talk about this sometimes we're like i don't really like the scene in the car like i don't like the way he yells at her I'm like, I get that she manipulated you and that hurts, but like you're kind of treating her like she owes you something just because you decided to do something for her. Right. Right. She doesn't she doesn't owe you anything. Yeah. You know, just because you like her doesn't mean that she has to like you. Yeah. And I and I think this is where again these kind of movies from the late 90s did me wrong because it's like if I just do the right thing. If I just do the big gesture, you know, if I just write the right kind of note or make her a mixtape, um, <laughs> then she'll know and then she will fall madly in love with me. You know, and it's just like, you are delusional. Yeah. You know, I was delusional, you know, like I kind of tried to go for the Biancas, you know, and I'm, <laughs> yeah, I know. And I, I mean, I struck out every time, you know, um, so like you're you're just not at a place where I don't know. Yeah, I was yeah, I was definitely you know, pitching out of the the wrong ballpark, you know. It was not okay for me. But then, you know, you just we watch things like this and you just think that's what is supposed to happen. Yeah. You know? And then as a girl watching it, like you suddenly feel like, "Oh, well, yeah, look at how nasty Bianca's being. If a guy's doing nice things for you, like you should return that to him." And it's like no, <laughs> if he decided to do something nice for you, that doesn't mean that you owe him something. I think this movie set up both sides for being kind of in trouble as we all grew older. I just don't think that these kind of things happen in my high school. <laughs> I think everybody was just pretty... I don't know. I watched enough of this kind of stuff that I internalized oh my God. these thoughts and these think this way of thinking it, you know, so much so. And it's like, you know, uh, a few episodes ago, a few months ago, me and like two of my best friends from school, we we talked about Boy Meets World. We reviewed that for the podcast. And in watching it, we were like, of course we were so obsessed with girls in a relationship. <laughs> Look what we were watching, yeah. you know. And this is just goes to show it as well, because it's right around that same kind of time. You know what I mean? Like, you have Corey, who's kind of 
hopeless. And then you have Sean, who's just like making out with every girl he sees, you know, and it's just like, you think this is what it's supposed to be, you know? Yeah. A lot of these things really set you up for like, you're going to find your soulmate in high school and like fall in love. That's where love happens. No, it didn't, didn't really happen to any of no. us. No, <laughs> it's at campus ministries. That's, that's where. That's happens. where the love happens. So anyone who's like reluctant to get involved in a campus ministry, do it and then go it twice, my friend. Do it for the girls. What? Because <laughs> when you worship next to them and they see how much you love God. Okay, that's enough. Okay, I'll stop. <laughs> We all thought that in youth groups, though, didn't we? We all did. Um, Jess? <laughs> I can tell you I had a very different experience, I think, than the rest of us. Well, all right, I'll just be me and Peter over here being weird. <laughs> yeah, we got we got the um the audiovisual kid over here and Shakespeare girl, and we're talking to Heath Ledger. <laughs> Well, I think, you know, we've, we've, we've talked a lot about this. Um, I kind of want to get our final thoughts on this movie. Um, and, you know, Courtney, you being the person who's probably seen this the most, especially in the last week, having watched it four times. It's so good. How, how, do, you, how do you feel about the movie? I still really love oh. this movie, but there are definitely things that just didn't age very well with it. Um, so... Like, I wouldn't be able to give it, like, a five out of five, but I would definitely give it pretty close. So. Okay. All right. That's that's pretty good. You know, I, I'm kind of probably in the middle, you know, as, as far as how many times I've seen this. I think the lines within this movie are so good. Um, I, I'm just going to throw another one out there that I've actually used on occasion, and I forgot it came from this movie, of I know you can be overwhelmed and you can be underwhelmed, but can you just be whelmed? I like that line a lot. You know, there, there's just some great stuff within this movie. You know, Alice and Janie as the guidance counselor saying, the point is cat. And then she turns her mug and goes, <laughs> um, there's just some funny moments. Um, I don't think it's great to necessarily show your, your 13 year old or 14 year old kid or, or nephew. Um, or niece for that matter. But I think, you know, going back and watching this movie, um, I enjoyed it and I laughed and I, I think it is good. And it's great to see Heath Ledger. It really is as sad as it is. It's really great to see him. Mm -hmm. So I got to give this pretty close to a five-star rating. I'm going to give it four and a half. Jess. Well, I'm going to tell you guys what I do not watch a lot of movies. Every time Peter asks me if I've watched a movie, the answer is just assume it's no. <laughs> and so usually if I w watch a new movie that I have never seen before, I know this isn't new. But normally I'm just like, nah, I'll stick to my, my classic 10. But I enjoyed this movie and I would watch it again, which says a lot. So I'm going to give it 10 out of 10 things I hate about you. Oh, that's Ooh. good. <laughs> we, yeah. can, we can vince her. <laughs> It's I love so it. Good. I'll watch it again. I would have it on DVD. One out of my, what, do I have like 15 movies on DVD? Roughly. <laughs> yeah. So that's a big deal. Oh, that, that is great. And I, I am very happy. And, and we're going to keep going with, you know, the, the conversations around Valentine's Day. You know, it's Valentine's Day hits later this week. So this week we're talking about it. And next week, kind of post Valentine's Day, we're going to talk about that as well. Um, Courtney, are you going to be able to stick around just a, a minute to talk about um, WandaVision? We have the newest video uh, episode come out. Oh, yes. I am ready to do that. <laughs> okay, great. So um, we'll be right back, listeners, as we talk about WandaVision. Let's get into our conversation about WandaVision. Um, Courtney, Wait, I'm going to say that again. Let's get into this week's conversation about WandaVision. Um, Courtney, I know that prior to you coming on, I asked you, I was like, hey, you know, we're talking about each episode as they premiere. Have you watched this at all? And you're like, no, but I'll catch up. And then you watched these five episodes leading up to the episode we're talking about today. What did you think of it? 
I'm really enjoying it. It's very strange and bizarre, and I love it a lot. <laughs> yeah, it's it's wild. Yeah, it is a wild ride. Now, I don't know a lot about comic book heroes and things, so I don't really know a lot about her. But I'm just so intrigued by this story and trying to piece together what's happening and like why it's happening, and mm. it's very fun for me. <laughs> Um, answer this for me. Have Have you watched um, Avengers Endgame? No. But I know what happens in it. Okay. So, I mean, there's a lot of stuff that comes out of, of Avengers Endgame and the previous Avengers movie from that, but um, being Infinity War with, you know, obviously we we know that Vision died in that movie and um, and then she gets dusted, which is kind of like she disappears and gets erased from the universe. Um, but then comes back, obviously, with them being able to defeat the prime enemy of Thanos. But this all takes place What's after that. Um, Wanda or Scarlet Witch. Oh, she didn't get dusted. She got dusted. Oh, see, I was missing that. And I wondered why she waited so long to have this. Thing. This break. Yes. <laughs> I understand. Okay. Yeah. It's, I mean, yeah. I mean, the, the trauma of the situation of losing vision is still very fresh to her, even though it's years afterwards, you know? Yeah. Cause for her, it's like, it just happened and everyone else is like, shouldn't she be fine by now? No. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, I think for Jess, especially this is, this is kind of a, you love this, but it's also very hard for you to watch. You have any thoughts? Um, Yeah. I love Wanda as a, a superhero or super, because she's kind of not necessarily a superhero. She's sort of a, what do you call him? An anti-hero? I don't know. <laughs> but, <laughs> sure. <laughs> but I like her. I think she's really cool. I feel like I would be her if I had superpowers. And I feel like all these people should just let her go. They should just buy her an island and have i would sacrifice myself to go live in the 60s and 70s and 80s and 90s repeatedly so i'll be a volunteer for the wandavision island and they should just let her do what she wants to do why do these people like just let her have her vision just let her do it i'm like very pro wanda i'd be the sword agent that goes in and then helps her (laughs) to keep all the people imprisoned so, so Courtney, in response, how do you feel? What do you think of that of that claim? Because obviously, Jess has very strong feelings in regards to that. You know, we're watching, and she's like, "Just leave her alone!" You know, she's yelling at this TV. How do you how do you fall on that? I I definitely don't agree with that. <laughs> I'm, I'm very big on consent, even when it's just like, "Hey, do you want to live in my creepy world?" <laughs> Probably should ask first before you just imprisoned everybody. I mean, definitely. She definitely has kidnapped people. I'm just gonna give her a pass. On that. <laughs> um yeah, so that yeah, that that is probably the, the big the big problem here, you know. And they're really it's interesting to see, you know, as more and more we're seeing what's going on with her as she's controlling everyone and everything, and it's really kind of scary, you know, it's as we learn more because it's really sweet and charming, but then it's jarring at times too. This show, yeah. But I what let's 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 look, talk about this. Right now we're in the eighties, um, and we we have the newborn babies who rapidly grow throughout this episode, um, and we have the opening music number, which is definitely a growing pains. Um, meets like a full house kind of a, a feel. How did we feel about this opening in comparison to the other ones? It was very long. <laughs> I know yeah. probably not the answer you were looking for, but it was just like that opening song. I was just like, get get to the show. I don't need these opening credits. <laughs> I completely disagree. <laughs> I loved it. That's like what I'm here for. I want to look and see Growing Pains and see Full House and see the Golden Girls. I think where we differ is that I've never seen any of those shows. Oh, so you have no like um, sentimentality? None. 
in regards to this. Okay. Yeah. Oh yeah. Was there was there an episode or a theme or a you know a genre that previously the other three episodes where we saw the decades of sitcom that was just like oh my gosh this I didn't just hits me in a particular I way. didn't start watching any sort of sitcoms until like college and I definitely didn't watch anything that old right <laughs> so you didn't pop on Dick Van Dyke no or, you know I Dream a Genie no I think I've seen like maybe three episodes of I Love Lucy but like that's it oh my gosh Courtney. yeah like it's just not really my thing that's so weird. I feel like you are Lucy. <laughs> this is this is so interesting because I mean, usually when I have two guests on, one of which is my wife, um, I'm usually getting teamed up against, you know, by like double whammy. Um, but this is just so interesting how polar polarizing your guys' opinions are in this in this show. Well, here's one thing off topic that I'll say, but it's you know a decade wise. In the first few episodes i really loved the commercials mm-hmm. but this was the first episode the paper towel commercial where i remembered the bounty commercial where and they still kind of do it but i remember being a kid and seeing the bounty commercials where they would have somebody knock over a glass of orange juice so aggressively <laughs> and you know wipe it up and it just really captured it so well and you know you'd have the guy in the flannel Oh, the brawny guy? Yeah, like the brawny guy. So I, I appreciated that. And I appreciate that they use the same two actors for every commercial, too. The husband and wife. Yeah. They keep reusing them. And I think I just finally noticed The that. commercials are definitely very interesting. So. So they're like, basically, as she's controlling all these people, she's just controlling these two to sell <laughs> brands and products that don't actually exist. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> um, the com- the but the comedy is is usually a big part of these episodes. In this one, I think I'm starting to see it, and I think it's obvious we're starting to see it really dissipate, and it's more about the drama around the show now. And Wanda Vision keeping or Wanda keeping Vision, you know, um, and wanting to hold on to him because of of all the loss that she experienced, you know, in his death, and let her keep him <laughs> let him let him stay let him all stay all the kidnapped town everybody so can i um, can i share a thing with you okay yes. so obviously i don't know a whole lot about comics and these things like i don't know a lot about this universe but just from like watching like wanda's mannerisms and stuff and the way like her it's like her whole personality shifts whenever someone starts interfering with her world it almost seems like there's two different versions of her in this world too, where like one doesn't entirely seem to know what's going on or how to stop it. While the other one is just like keeping everyone out and keeping out people who figure out what's going on. So like with Geraldine or yeah. Monica Rainbow. Like where she goes from just being like, wait, what did you say? To suddenly like everything about her shifts and she shoots Geraldine out. Or, like, she's talking to the kids about death and whatever, and then she's threatening all these agents outside the bubble and everything, and then goes back in and seems a little confused about Vision, like, pushing this on her that she's doing it. Yeah, it's it's definitely, it's interesting, because I think, you know, there's a lot of speculation, and, like, is this completely just her doing this, or is she even maybe being used and is under the influence of someone else? Yeah. So it's it's definitely um honestly I got to say this episode in particular I don't think I like this as much as the other episodes. And there's some people who are like this is the episode that convinced me and now I'm all about it. <laughs> but because it was just so hard and sad to watch, I wanted it to be the light fun show with a little bit of like bleakness or craziness or weirdness that we've seen and this is kind of a little bit it's it's different it's the it's the the opposite of it. it's the inverse of this and saying that like okay it's mostly going to be like sad and depressing and scary and then it's going to have some of the comedic stuff with it you know um mm-hmm. and, and that's also another big you know we hit the tropes of different 
decades and the whole like the, the kids finding a dog and and wanting to raise it and then the parents having to teach the kids life lessons around the loss of an animal and you know is is, is again hitting some tropes that this show has really really hit through the decades you know and i just i found this episode kind of sad and hard to watch oh, yeah. I think a lot of the levity starts to leave as Vision figures out more and more what's happening. Like he can't just go along with the jokes anymore or just like laugh things off because he is starting to realize what's happening. Yeah. And like Wanda's still trying to force the joke and he's just like, no. <laughs> yeah, that that when she tries to end the episode by having the credits roll. Yeah. That cool. was heartbreaking. Yeah. Too. She's just walking away from him and Oh man, that was that was tough, absolutely tough. And they kind of face off a little bit against each other, you know. And I, it's going to be interesting to know where that. Well, it's going to be really interesting to know where the next episode goes, considering um, with the big drop of like that that absolute crazy character drop at the end of the episode. What did you think of that, Courtney? That was so weird. I was like, how are you even explaining that? <laughs> like, where did he come from? Yeah, so like, Out of work. is he just a manifestation of on her part, or is right. there something else going on? But that's well, not the same Pietro from her movie. No, like he is the Pietro movie. Quicksilver from the X Men universe movie. Right. I was like, he looks really familiar, but he definitely wasn't that brother. <laughs> He's definitely He's a different guy. American Horror Story, right? Yeah, Evan Peters, the actor. I will agree with Courtney that it seemed like in that moment, she didn't... I gotta sneeze. Hold on. Nobody say anything. This is great for the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) I guess it's gone. It seems like when she called Geraldine to... Is that her name? Her friend? Yeah. To help her with the babies that she really... Agnes. Oh, Agnes. When she had Agnes come and help her with the babies that she definitely orchestrated Agnes coming in at that time. But it did, I think Courtney's right. She did really seem like I didn't do that. I didn't make the doorbell ring when it was Pietro. Right. She seems surprised. Yeah. How about the accent coming back? Well, I'm glad they brought that back. Where did it go? Why is it back now? Well, I mean, she is in American sitcoms. She would have. Yeah, you wouldn't have a Sokovian fake country accent, you know. But it was very nice. I do like that it's there when she leaves the bubble. Was it there the first time she left the bubble? Yeah. Oh, because I didn't. All right. Yeah, she's. It's but just she's, so weird because it's not in the in the movies, in the Marvel movies. It's in the first movie where she I premieres, know, and then it's gone, and then kind of dissipates and, and goes down. And then it comes back very strongly in this, and I appreciate that. I like it. Sure. I wish she always had it, but she didn't. Yeah. So where do where do we think this is gonna go? I mean, Corny, you're you're kind of riding along and you're not, you're not too familiar with the comics or the stories or even sitcoms, <laughs> you know, through the different genres. Yeah, you know. <laughs> Where do you think it goes from here? Uh, I feel like it's going to get a lot darker as it moves forward. So you don't think it's going to be as fun and cheeky like it's been? It's going to just going to get kind of more and more bleak and I, I think Vision knows way too much to keep letting her get off with levity and like treating everyone like playthings at this point. Why do we think she can't she can't use him like a plaything anymore? Do you think it's just because I think she, just she doesn't want to wouldn't use him? Yeah. She wouldn't use him and she wouldn't yeah. change how he would react. Because like that's that's the person she loves. She's like creating this world for him, like a, the Truman Show, you know, and so she's she's really, you know, obviously keeping him alive. I think we can see in some trailers or something that maybe he's leaving the bubble and what's going to happen when he leaves the bubble. Yeah, um, it's probably not going to be good, you know, as it's probably keeping him alive, you know. I'm really um, hoping that at some point someone punches that FBI agent in the face or the shield agent in the face. Oh yeah, yeah. Hayward from Sword. Oh. Yeah. I thought you were going to talk about Jimmy Woo. No, definitely um, not Jimmy Woo. Because <laughs> he's he's fantastic. But I I need like Monica to turn around and just like 
punch him really hard and just take over and be like, I got this now, please go away. Yeah, that's probably going to have to happen. And I think, you know, at first I was kind of like, okay, why are they going to bring Monica Rambeau in, into this series? You know, because she's from like Captain Marvel. We talked about that last week. But, you know, I think her purpose within this and, and her connection to Wanda, and I, I like that conversation she had with Wanda outside of the bubble um, in this episode. And I think what's going to, this show is obviously about grief. Yeah. This show is about coming to terms with loss. And I think she's going to be able to really talk to Wanda and say, hey, I've experienced loss. I have grief. I was dusted. Um, while my mom was under treatment and then she died and then I came back to find out she was gone. So I think she's going to be able to really relate to Wanda with her grief and use that as a, a means for Wanda to come to terms with her loss. That's my expectation as the show kind of wraps up as we're kind of about halfway through. Is there going to be another season or is this it? I don't know. We're not sure. I mean, I don't know. Maybe they, they, what could they, what else could they do as far as sitcoms and stuff goes, you know? And I think with, with the addition of Evan Peters on the show, I, I assume he's going to be in the next episode. I think we're going to see a little bit more of like the nineties tropes of sitcoms where he's like the uncle Joey uh-huh. or the uncle Jesse, or um, if you guys remember step-by-step, Step, the cousin who lived in the van in the driveway. I think we're going to see him kind of take on that role. These shows sound so weird. <laughs> <laughs> well you're gonna definitely we'll see what happens next week maybe you'll get a little taste of the 90s but i i do i i really don't want them to miss the sitcoms in the 90s i really wanted them to do like an episode of seinfeld you know something along those lines what about like roseanne and yeah boy meets world even yeah they could but i don't think there is i think roseanne has a certain bit of a following i don't think i don't know generationally i mean everybody from like general i know that's gonna make that generations of people they know i love lucy they know um bewitched and i dream a genie uh, except unless you're courtney i know um, of them i've but, just never seen them yeah and so I, I don't know if they're gonna go back to the future i know of things i've just don't i don't watch them <laughs> oh you break my heart you know you haven't seen back to the future or you don't watch Back to the Future. Anyway, I, I don't know if they're going to skip those genres just to kind of get into the the Parks and Rec, Modern Family, The Office style of comedy. We'll, we'll just have to see what they do for next week. Yeah. So. All right. Well, Courtney, thanks for coming on to the show, talking about 10 Things I Hate About You and WandaVision. I appreciate your addition and your um, your the fun conversations that we've had. Thank you for coming oh, on. Oh, anytime. And Jess, thanks for joining us too for this conversation. I couldn't do a Valentine's Day episode without my Valentine. So this is great. Yeah, it's been fun. All right. Well, listeners, um, stick to stick tuned. Oh my gosh. Stay tuned. Stick around <laughs> for just a little bit as we tell you what we're going to be doing for next week's show as we kind of continue within the theme and the idea of Valentine's Day. All right. See you in a bit. All right, Extremers, that's another episode in the books. I hope you really enjoyed that conversation around 10 Things I Hate About You, Valentine's Day, all the mushy stuff, all the love stuff. Um, If you're getting tired of that, I'm sorry, but we actually have another episode coming up next week that's all going to be in the spirit of Valentine's Day. And what I'm going to be doing is I'm having two guests come on, two really good friends of mine, um, Lauren Meza and her fiance, Zach, oh my gosh, I'm going to butcher his last name. I'm just going to call him Zach G for now. Um, Grotsky, I think it is. I think that's how you pronounce it. Yeah, Zach Grotsky. If I pronounce that incorrectly, I will be corrected. Um, So yeah, they're going to be coming on and we're going to be talking about an episode of a series that's on Disney+. Plus. The latest season that they had was... um, was exclusively for Disney Plus, and so we're going to be talking about an episode from Fairy Tale Weddings. 
Fairy Tale Weddings, which was on another channel, but now the new episodes, the new seasons is just for Disney+. And what we're going to be doing is we're going to be talking about an episode from season two. It is episode three, and it's titled A Flashy Proposal. So Zach and Mezzi, the two of them um, are newly engaged. And so I thought it would be a great opportunity to talk about marriage and weddings and planning. You know, we kind of did the high school love in the, this episode that you just listened to, but we're going to be talking about moving forward in life and the whole idea of getting married. And so I am super excited for this episode and what they have to bring and talking about that. So it's only a 35 minute episode. So check it out, a flashy proposal on fairy tale weddings. And then of course, stick around for the end of the episode where me and my guests will talk about WandaVision. So that's going to be it for today, folks. I hope you enjoyed the podcast and you keep on enjoying and I'll see you next time on Extreming Disney. Bye-bye.